Well, howdy there, Mark. Hey, Johnny. How you doing there, buddy? Doing good. Apparently, I'm on my, I'm on my howdy kick again, so, you know, it's, it's I'm, right. I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? I don't know, man. I'm having kind of a weird afternoon, day, morning, whatever you want to call it. Weird couple days, right? Okay. Yeah. What's going on, man? Well, so once again, we're at a point in Mark's life where work is untenable and terrible and, you know, morale is at an all-time low and how do you make up for that? That's right. You don't pay him better. You don't, you know, give him extra PTO. You buy him shitty popsicles. And of course. so when I was at City Market, the idea of them just, you know, transferring, you know, the cheap-ass Kroger popsicles to the break room, I just didn't care for that idea. They didn't really spend anything. At least this time they are spending something. Um... So all that is to say, I have been eating the hell out of some popsicles this week. It's kind of like a second childhood for me, really, because I've just been losing my damn mind. Because they actually are spending a little bit of fliff on... I know someone went to Costco. I don't care. Because, like, I'm getting bomb pops. I'm getting, like, the, the, the drumstick. Um, somebody somehow... Or, you know, not somebody somehow. It was just they're being considerate of their staff. They bought a bunch of that, like, um, you know, the the uh, alado, the, um, the, the Mexican... Like the fruit ones, the fruit, yeah, the Mexican fruit yeah, ones. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, I'm a slut for the fray sauce, but like, um, it's great and all, but I'm kind of starting to notice this weird little trend. Like, some of them they have, like, when you know you you eat the popsicle and there's like you know a joke on the stick, and there's usually something stupid like, um, uh, what's brown and sticky, uh, stick, you know, dad, jokes oh, okay, kind of thing, oh, right? yeah, 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 this is shit for an eight year old, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, or if it's, you know, two in the morning and you're high, you're going to giggle at it. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but so as I'm, you know, horsing all these popsicles and I'm now making myself a little popsicle stick house, um, I'm, I, I kind of noticed that like the, all the wood has something printed on it, but it's in like a weird, it's like a red ink that my colorblind ass just didn't see when it was wet. And now that they're dry, I can see them. So like some of these have like weird little tips, like, um, security, just secure the land. Self-reliance. Trust yourself. Suspicion. Okay. Don't trust anyone else. All these weird little sayings. I found one that said, capitalism, it's God's way of determining who's smart and who's poor. And <laughs> then I found another one that really tripped me up, and it said, go listen to the Dangle podcast. <laughs> Is, are, are you, are you uh, wearing your They Live sunglasses while you're eating popsicles, Mark? Because that's honestly <laughs> what it sounds like. <laughs> I actually took all those from my Ron Swanson Pyramid of Greatness sitting right in front of me. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Welcome and to now the There's going to be a sticky note that says listen to the Dangle podcast in one of the squares. <laughs> yes, please. Welcome, everybody. This is this is the Dangle podcast. It's a weekly retrospective rewatch podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy, Mark, we discuss two episodes of that beloved animation classic by Mike Judge, King of the Hill. We talk about it, we discuss it, we talk about its highs, its lows, what we like, what we don't like. We're deep into season, well, we're deep into the series now. We're just starting in season 10 today. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, we, we slap it with a patented rating uh, at the end here and kind of let you guys know whether we still like King of the Hill or not. Um, what do you say we walk the plank, Mark? <laughs> I think that's a gribble of an idea, buddy. <laughs> We're starting this week with episode 187, Hank's On Board. This original air date, September 18th, 2005. This is the season 10 premiere by Glaram and Jamin. Uh, we've seen these guys before. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think uh, they've got a pretty good, pretty good rep with us. Mark, when did we see them last? 
Uh, last time we saw him was Yard She Blows. That got a butane out of you and a charking out of me. I really, I remember liking that episode, so. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think these guys, maybe, as, let me go back here and check real quick, because I'm pretty sure these guys do reasonably well at writing Hank Buddy episodes, or like Hank Shenanigan episodes. Sure, sure. Which is of East Arlen and made in Arlen, so I, I immediately take all that back. Um, that's what she said. No, you know what? I take it all back. These guys are all over the goddamn board, and I don't trust them at all. So, okay. Well, guys, yeah. we're gonna see today if Hank's on board is one of their better outings, or if it's uh, well, doomed to sink to the bottom of the ocean and never be found again, like so much Spanish gold before it. Um, <laughs> our cast of characters for this episode: Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Joseph, and Nancy Gribble. The metal detector salesman and elderly beachgoers. I don't think I'm missing anybody in here. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, People I think just so. Watch Unless this. you want to count the uh, cameo of the crab. Oh yeah, that badass crab. <laughs> or what about the flying fish? <laughs> just, well, that that fish doesn't want to play. <laughs> um, a synopsis for this episode: Hank finds out that he has been excluded from a treasure hunting trip for years because he is such a wet blanket. And Bobby and Peggy detect metal. Our A story characters here, because we do have a pretty full fledged A and B. Um, a story characters is the guys: Hank, Bill, Dale, Boomhauer. B story characters: Peggy and Bobby. Uh, it's all location wise, it's all tangential, but I don't, I don't think the metal detecting stuff really has anything to do with the the treasure hunting or even the fishing trip itself um no, no yeah uh but i i will say i i enjoy both of these stories for what they are which is i i, I know i've been ragging a lot on b stories being pointless and mm-hmm. so i was like oh well this was kind of refreshing to see one that i actually kind of enjoyed because it was just one nice little wrapped up package that apparently didn't infuriate me um Mark, it's also nice to see you not be mad at Bobby and Peggy doing stuff together. You've been kind of irritated last couple I, times they show up. As I say, literally last week I talked mad shit on Pong because I was like, this is stupid. I don't want to see this anymore. Um, and this is a much better B story. Bobby and Peggy shenanigans are, for me, they're either very hot or very cold. Um, yeah. I, I like this one a lot. I, there's some coming up here that I know I'm not going to like. And... It just it's it is kind of how it rolls, I guess. It depends on which which Peggy and which Bobby were getting paired together, because some of them make wonderful wonderful music, and some of them are just a giant shit sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, let's let's hop into it, man. You got some notes for me? I got some notes for you. Um. Number one, animation is super weird in this episode. Yeah. Um. I don't know what it is. I maybe it's too fluid maybe it's too realistic um bill's face really gets me Um, okay up until now i feel like this show's been animated well but it's been more kind of just like not i don't know not stiff but it's stiffer and this episode seemed more fluid i don't know if it's because this is season 10 so this is what we're gonna do um i don't know it was just weird to me okay it wasn't like heads are floating off bodies weird that that problem i had in like what season seven but Right. I don't know. It, maybe I just need to go back and watch old King of the Hill and remember how good we got it now. Um, this is a Memorial Day episode. We're recording this Memorial Day weekend. That's weird as shit. This is that, like our Thanksgiving episodes lining up on Thanksgiving Day. Like, right? That, that's cool. It is it's kind cool, of badass, man. right? Yeah, I think so. Unintentional. Um, I swear, guys. Yeah. Had, there's no way we could have intended it. Like, 
Hey, you and I maybe sat down two years ago and went, okay, how do we start this and how do we do this so that we can make sure we hit all these holidays? <laughs> okay, how do we make fun of national tragedies? It, exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> um, um, I love Apricot Scrub. Boomhauer's making fun of him for it. Fuck you. It's amazing. Oh, that stuff is fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah use Apricot Scrub. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. We get it. Hank's obnoxious. We get it. God, all right. I don't know. I, I feel like Hank is written to be more annoying this week. I I think so, too. It's it's in my notes as well. Yeah? Yeah. So Well, if you don't mind me jumping in, it's literally my first no, one here. It almost feels like he is breaking the meta here and talking about how he has to fix everything himself. And mm-hmm. because he is self-aware of that... Like, everything seems way blown out of proportion this episode. Um, they have written him incredibly just, like, in, he's inserting himself into everything on another level. Like, on an extra high level. Um, yeah, I, it's it's interesting to see, see his progression in this episode because I... Really, the the Hank Hill that I I think I know pretty damn well after watching this series so many times, he would mm-hmm. be a little sad at the idea of not going with these guys. But I don't think it would eventually like I don't think it would let him get him down. I think he would take that instead of saying, "Hey, I want to go and do this," or "Hey, I want to be included." I think he'd just go and do shit with Peggy and Bobby the entire time. Yeah. I think he'd push back yeah. harder when Peggy says, "Just go out there and talk to him." It'd be like, "No, I don't want to do that. If they don't want me there, I don't want to be there." Like, he's got more respect for boundaries than what is portrayed in this episode, it feels like. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. At least the, the I, Hank I, I know. 100%. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I agree 100%. Like, But, sorry, I did not mean to hijack you there. No, no, not at all. Not at all. This is a nautical episode. You can pirate ship it up if you want to. It's okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My swarthy podcasting buccaneer. Yar. If you're not swarthy at all, I'm sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm swarthy-ish. I, whatever. I, um, where'd the beer go? They bought all that beer, and then when they show up, it's not there. They didn't drink 90 cases of beer in the 45-minute gap. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just a, I don't I don't care. Just a weird like continuity bit. I don't know. Um, I like the their beach costume changes, and quite frankly, I like that we get to see Hank's nipples. We got payoff now from season, what, one or two? Uh, I think it was two, yeah, with yep. Luann. Yep. <laughs> yep. He almost saw your grandfather's nipples. <laughs> or uncle's nipples. Uncle's nipples. Um, grandfather's nipples, Jesus Christ. Um, next trip we're taking, dude, you and me are going metal detecting on the beach. Okay. Yeah, that's that's it. We're going to go up to, like, the weird German coast in the north and, like, metal detect up there. I, and hope, us, hope we don't like find sea mines, but as I say, all of a sudden you and I are coming back with German war relics and weird Nazi memorabilia, and they're going to be like, "Whoa, whoa. Um, Mark, Mark and Johnny are kind of weird." Fuck, I can't. <laughs> fuck you! I found it. Finders keepers. <laughs> you do not get to keep Hitler's Luger. <laughs> but I found Hitler's canoe. <laughs> just just pull out a giant fucking canoe out of the out of the beach. <laughs> hey, let's let's. I'm, I'm down, man. Let's rock and roll with it. I'm so in for this. Oh my god! 
Uh, but no, that's what we're doing. It's happening. That set looks like fun as hell. And it honestly looks like something you and me would be good as shit at. Like, slowly ambling, getting day drunk on a beach. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Um, Two Wizards is doing a treasure hunting, or like a, you know, lost treasure episode. That this episode tears it. Nice. Um, Phil Hendry's back. He's just back. He's here. <laughs> That's also one of my he's notes in here. He's just, well, at this point, like, I'm just willing to accept that, like, he's on, he's like... He got the same pat. He looked at the writers. He's like, "You give me that David Herman package," and they're like, "All right, whatever." Uh, I'm not mad about it. Just at least David Herman changes his voice. You can pick Phil out and like. Oh yeah, in like you know two seconds. Yeah. Yeah, um, Bill would be fine post jumping into the water because of Infinite Walrus. Just throwing it out there. It's true. I even like how he's just, like, floating on his back fine. Like, he's fine. He could probably just float indefinitely, but he's, like, letting himself die, you know? Like, oh, here we go. Uh, Johnny, this, we've been harshing on this a lot. We, I think it actually tanked our rating a little bit this week, talking shit about the subreddit. But we get the, um, uh, 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 call out of that stupid, stupid line of, I had sex with Peggy, or whatever the hell it is. Uh, here it uh-huh. is. On the dark, how stormy night. Yeah, how do you feel? Because I honestly, I don't see how anybody could misconstrue that as being Will. I real, I watched it 100% objectively today. I was surprised when it popped up here. I was like, oh shit, I thought this like happened in the alley. It doesn't. It happens with them floating in the water. And then when it happened, all I could think is, no. Like, what? No, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, people are allowed to have their fun, weird little fan theories and stuff, so long as it doesn't hijack and like... And make its way up the conspiracy chain. You have to cut it off somewhere. And this has been addressed like two or three times at this point in the show. And I'm sure it's because when it was happening, when everything was being produced, people kept getting questions about it. Because Bobby does act a lot like Bill sometimes. But the the sheer fact of the matter is, here's definitively... I, I on a dark night I slept with Peggy. No, you didn't. Oh, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. He he admits yep. it. Hank calls him yeah, out. He that, admittedly just right there admits it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you know, it's. Do we just miss the forest through the trees and just want to try and talk about something? I don't know. I guess I can't say shit because that's all that we're doing here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not harping know. on that same stupid thing. I, that's the last time I'm going to talk about it. Honestly, I'm good. But yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it yeah. ever comes up again. So. Yeah, yeah, nor should it. Um, what do you got notes-wise, buddy? Other than the two I hijacked from you, pirate style. No, Arr. you're good, you're good. Um, my first I one got my here... letter of Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucked, that was a really good pirate joke. <laughs> um, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, my first note in here is, uh, Mark, what's your favorite type of gummy? And please don't say gummy foot. Uh, as a rule, I hate them, but I love Jolly Rancher, or not Jolly Rancher, um, Sour Patch Watermelons. Okay, Sour Patch is yeah. solid. Um, a- apparently, Germans just, like, go absolutely bonkers and ape shit for gummies. I uh, my, I live in the same town as the Haribo factory of Haribo Golden Bear, or Gold Bears. Um, like, they've been around for hundreds of years at this point, all sorts of cool shit. Um, but, like, there's, I've seen all sorts of ridiculous things like so there's there's twin snakes and one is sour and one is sweet and and there's little rings and there's little cola bottles there because i where i live there's a haribo outlet and you can get there's an entire section that's dedicated to nothing but black licorice flavored shit that they do 
Um, and I, I like black licorice, but I tried one and I didn't read it very thoroughly. You could only get it in like, I want to say Finland somewhere like that. One of those, one of those Scandinavian countries that, do, that should know better, but doesn't apparently. <laughs> okay. And okay. there were these like little oblong, um, they almost looked like dates, but you knew they were gummies because obviously it came in a gummy package and all this shit. And I took one bite and went, oh, nope, I am not eating the rest of these. And they were black licorice prunes, like black licorice and prune flavored gummies. And I was like, this is the oh. most disgusting thing I think I've ever had. Um, but my top two contenders of things that I like to eat while I'm over there are, um, they have what's called schlumpfe, de schlumpfe. Okay. Uh, and it literally translates to, uh, the Smurfs because it's, they're all little <laughs> Smurfs, like from the 1980s animated TV show bullshit. Um, and they're just like tasty gummies that in the shapes of Smurfs, they're really good. Um, and... They do one that is strawberry flavored. So, so it's just a strawberry gummy, but it's vegan. And it's like at a specific consistency, like almost like um, the Scooby-Doo fruit snacks, if you will. Okay. Okay. But they're about the size of a half dollar and they're all strawberry. And I'm like, okay, I could eat these good things Lord. by the fucking bucket fill. Like it is so good. <laughs> Okay. All right. So I just, I love their conversation in the car about gummy foot. Um, my mom is notorious for car rides and having her specific snacks in cars when we go on a road trip. It's always Pringles, it's always Red Vines, and it's always Haribo Star Mix. So, yeah. It's, so I, I grew up having gummies in the car all the time, and you knew you were in the good car when you got gummies and no one bitched at you about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on from gummies, because that, that was a way too long a time to talk about shit I eat. Uh, I'm really so... upset you didn't talk about the gummy Venus de Milo, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Precious Venus. <laughs> <laughs> gummy de Milo. We had come from the land of gummy. <laughs> um, moving on here. I didn't do a lot of research here, but I, I picked out one that I thought was kind of fun. I, I just okay. did a quick cursory Google search on sunken and never recovered or recently recovered Spanish gold. And so okay. there is a ship that was sunk in 1708 near Colombia by British forces called the San Jose. So it's near off, off the Colombian coast. Um, its wreckage was discovered in 2015. It is believed to have contained the all-time record of recovered gold, silver, and other precious stones. Its value was around 17 billion U.S. dollars. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they are still scuttling it today. And so the place that they are doing it, they have, like, it's a national secret. The people of, Col like, the, the Colombians do not let anybody near, like, the, the beach or the site or wherever the hell it is. Like, they've got Good. people that are constantly patrolling it on their Coast Guard and shit like that so that people don't Good. come in and try and steal their gold and their silver and all this other shit that they're recovering. Um, yeah, I, but I just thought that was kind of cool. I know that there's all sorts of stories about sunken treasure from like the Aztecs that that people got really cocky and greedy about and it just basically fell to the bottom of the ocean never to be found again um I know there was a free diver in Florida in like the 70s or 80s that found a shipwreck all by himself that was worth like 50 million dollars and oh nautical rules say that if a ship has been abandoned you get to claim whatever you want if you're the first one there so he got to keep whatever was in it um for its monetary yep. value I'm like that's badass 
Um, Maritime I don't like, salvage, man. It is awesome. <laughs> I don't like the water enough to go and do shit like that. I also don't want to be the asshole that disturbs something like that if it really shouldn't. I, like, I don't want to bring that juju on me. I also just read a recent Reddit article um, about uh, it, it was a sunken a World War One or World War Two British Navy ship that China is currently scuttling and they intentionally like Britain intentionally left it there because over 300 sailors died and in, in still remain in it. Oh my God. And so the, the Brits are super pissed off that basically this floating memorial, well, not, not floating anymore. Oh God, that was dark. Uh, this memorial that's got all of these dead soldiers that have never been recovered is now being disturbed because they want us, they want to like scuttle it basically. But yeah, yeah, it's it's super fascinating stuff. So, um, a couple years ago, we did on two wizards. We did a uh, Great Lake shipwrecks, and we covered um, okay. Edmund Fitzgerald. We covered that wreck. Nice. And um, at one point, the Canadian government had to step in and tell people to stop diving at the wreck site because it was a it was it was a living memorial for that for you know the people yeah. who died on the boat. Like exactly, it was a big damn deal. Like the families got sued, and rightfully so. I get super pissed off if like. I knew you were digging around in my dad's, you know, tomb. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. Well, and and not it's unfortunate that not everything like that is treated with the same reverence as, as what is it, the Indianapolis that's in in Hawaii? Indianapolis was the shark ship. Okay, the, which is the one I'm thinking about that got sunk during Pearl Harbor that they have the memorial for in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. I, uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. I just can't think of it. Yeah. I can't per, think the, of it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Indianapolis was the shark one. Sorry, there was a dude that lived in my town that was from the Indianapolis. He just passed away like three years ago. Oh shit. Um, yeah, he was like one of like three remaining people that that actually survived the shark attacks and shit. Oh um, my god, I would have. Oh my god, I would have loved to have known that. Fuck, that's awesome. It's it, it was like one of the coolest things that ever happened to me in high school. He came in and talked to our history class for like two solid days about what went down there. I was like, this wow. is super awesome. <laughs> If I could find his book, buddy, I'll I'll send it to you because he wrote a book. That'd about be it. awesome. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on because I still got more. Sorry. Notes here yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And we, Sorry. We're tangenting. Um, I love the idea of Russian beerlets. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think it works with you and me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless no. we get your lady to do it for us, and and knowing her, she'd be the jackass that would just do it to both of us because it would be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I thought that was really funny. Um, to me, that's the moment in, in this episode where everybody is finally comfortable with each other. Yeah. You know, it's Hank has now come to the realization, I can really cut loose and have fun with these guys. We're not just searching for treasure. I'm mostly just going to be fishing. Um, you know, this this whole thing is, like, I can be cool about it, and I it doesn't have to be the most asinine thing I've ever seen. Um, but especially that Dale is the one that ends up getting the shaken beer. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that. And then the back half of this episode scares the shit out of me. That's probably why I don't like yes. being on the ocean very much. I don't mind boats, but I'm not the world's strongest swimmer. Um, if you ever go out with me, yes, I'm a 34-year-old man that is, is very large and should be able to carry his own weight and be able to swim for a while, but I can't swim for shit. So I'm going to be the 33-year-old dude that's wearing a fucking life jacket the entire time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the whole concept of... One person forgot to do this, and now we're all going to die because of it. Is that is terrifying to me? <laughs> Just the, the no, yeah. There's that bit when they're like they realize, and I hate that moment. It's a bad moment. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah. So, um, those are my notes. What do you got for pros? Let's let's hear some things you liked about the episode. <clears throat> um, Bobby's beach shirt. I'm so glad he found it in uh, <laughs> Hank's rag collection. That's in mine as well. <laughs> um, I like the B-plot false start into the metal detecting. Like, I'm really glad we didn't have to watch Bobby and Joseph be idiots on the beach. I'm really glad that we got to watch Bobby and Peggy do it together. And then... Yes. Because, like, the ending wouldn't have worked out as well with them finding the keys, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The guys on the boat, you kind of already really hit that. But the guys on the boat in general, just like, you know... We're going to sit here, we're going to fish, catch some rays, and we might find some sunken treasure. That sounds fun as yeah. hell. I want to go do that. Like, Oh, yeah. It's yeah, it's not quite like grab-assy, but we don't always need them playing grab-ass, you know? Well, they're playing grab-ass on the beach. There's that bit in um, Dale's riding, or maybe Boomhauer's riding Bill, and they faceplant in the sand. <laughs> or they just keep trying to, like, belly boat. flop yeah, onto yeah. him. You don't, you, they watch their community, and they knew that you don't, you know, mess around in that ship. Yes, absolutely. In the parking lot, yes. You were right about everything, Peggy. I know, but I need you to be more specific. That's <laughs> that's one that gets brought up all the time. I do see that on the subreddit all the damn time, and that's like one of my favorite Peggy lines because it's just so, so Peggy, man. Oh, it's spot on. <laughs> and that one is my favorite moment. So, yeah, what do you got, buddy? Um, my first pro here is that Bill does a very good job at looking like a fool in this episode without going full pant load, I feel like. Um, okay. It's, it's specifically the, the beginning because he starts to be pretty pant loady and then he works his way back up to being kind of confident after they do the whole Ticos Tacos thing. But I'm specifically thinking about like, I, I was enjoying watching him just like, I, I love, we, we both have openly admitted we love watching Bill get hurt on this show and he, like, totally eats shit in the alley at one point. Like, he's he's going to, like, he trips over something and goes to walk away. And then, like, looks back all angrily because he's totally eating shit. I'm like, this is pretty funny. I like it. Um, it's a product. Yeah. And I didn't, I felt like we had a chance. We had a chance for Bill just to be the pant load all episode. And instead, we took the hard turn and went, nope, we're going to focus on how much Hank directs everybody around. You know, because he looked, he was giving orders for a change while they were on that boat. Um, <laughs> we, you already, <laughs> you already hit Bobby's beach shirt. That is incredible, and I fucking want one. Um, oh god, you and I almost need to end every single episode from here on out for the dang old podcast with just a three second bumper of Dale going "Dibby dom 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 ba dibby ding 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 swank," <laughs> doing the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who trusted him to drive, by the way? Because that's clearly Boomhauer's car, right? Yeah, I, I that was a con for me, honestly. I don't know why okay. they was driving. Like, maybe that's where all the beer oh. went. Boomhauer got super drunk at Tico's Tacos. He just got super <laughs> drunk. And... <laughs> okay, I could see that. I, don't, I can't. That's like 30 cases of beer, but... <laughs> Um, Hank getting into it with the guys is really wholesome to me. Um, yeah. I like that it's a gradual buildup of, hey, I'm, I'm going to start by helping Dale with his mermaid tail and, and all this stuff. And we're going to play Russian beer lead and then we're going to go and do cannonballs and all this other shit. Like it, it, it grows and grows and grows until you get to that point of no return, which is where they all jump off and there's no, no ladder and all that shit. And I felt like mm -hmm. it was really organic and it felt really good because at 
by the time they all jump off, as a especially as a first time viewer, I can remember going, "Oh yeah, like oh good, Hank is finally getting into it," and then realizing with the rest of them that then nobody pulled down the ladder, and I went, "Oh shit!" It was <laughs> so to me, it was it was like a really good. Like, it's a really good organic way to build that up so that you don't think about things like, oh, well, nobody pulled the ladder down. You can see it in many frames right when they're all jumping. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's. We're all going to die together. (laughs) Right. So that buildup to me was it's really important to the writing of this episode, I think, Uh, because you also want to you want to make sure that that Hank is your protagonist is still feeling loved, you know? Um, mm-hmm. that he's going to get back to that middle point and where they can reset for the next episode. Because um, if he walks away still feeling like, oh, yeah, they really just don't want me around, that's a bummer of a fucking episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that was that was a real big pro for me. And then the last one here is, it's another one. I feel like we've had some solid writing lately. Um, I remember the first time watching this episode they do a great bait and switch of Bobby spending all the money on the metal detector and you think he's going to get his ass reamed and then Peggy is just like, she's in for it, right? Mm-hmm. That, to me, makes sense and it's fantastic and it's great and I love it. What I noticed on this rewatch is that it's it's another level of like absurdity almost because Hank is having a conversation with her just before Bobby reveals that he has bought the metal detector. And it's, they're going out and seeking sunken treasure. Mm-hmm. Like, Peggy, this is the stupidest thing. And she talks him down and basically says, they just you just need to go and be a part of the group. Just go and have fun with them. Is fine what it is. And Hank just looks at her and goes, as long as you think this is stupid too. And she went, well, yes. And then immediately <laughs> goes and tries to find buried treasure herself. Like, that is brilliant. And I never picked up on that until just now that Hank leaves saying, at least you think that searching for buried treasure or sunken treasure is stupid too. And Bobby immediately going, hey, I bought a metal detector. Let's go find some sunken treasure. And she is 100% on board. (laughs) She's just so into it. Yeah, just immediately. Yeah, number one A plus writing for at least that's this is like the back half of this episode to me is super tight. Um, I, I really, I enjoyed the back half a lot, but yeah. those are my pros. What do you got in here for cons, man? Um, not a ton. Um, just, it might almost just be a retro reference rage, but I hate that nacho cheese bit. I, I feel like everybody <laughs> just beat that joke to death. Like this year, when this episode came out is when it got beat to death. Like, it was everywhere, and then I saw it, or I heard it today and got triggered. Um, <laughs> old people in general. Fuck you, old people. Fuck you. You always run to ruin everything. No one likes you. Stop it. We can rise up and take you out. We just let you exist because, well, society, and because we haven't figured out how to grind you up and isolate your vital nutrients yet. But but it's okay, because Ross Pro's going to figure it out for us. I think he's <laughs> dead, but... <laughs> With any luck, he's dead. Because otherwise, I can't harvest his nutrients. <laughs> I don't want to grind up the elderly, guys. I'm kidding. I just... this That scene there, they start kicking sand at him. It's like, you know people like that, and I hate that. Like, It's the number one reason I never want to go and retire in Florida, because I'm going to have to deal with, like, 90 other assholes that are ancient and leathery like that that are trying to do the exact same thing I want to do and just taking all the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody can and just be Florida, cool anymore. But... 
Well, and it's Florida, yes. That's besides the point. <laughs> the Wang of the U.S. <laughs> it's not a state, it's a monster. <laughs> I thought the real monster here was named Gamblor. <laughs> Gamblor. I really like how we're not actually talking shit about anything, we're just quoting Simpsons, and I'm really proud of you and I that we oh, can yeah. do this. You know, this is what the people come here for, is cutting King of the Hill commentary and Simpsons quotes from 30 years ago. <laughs> I, um, I, I did hear from a longtime listener yesterday that uh, they're very excited at the prospect that you and I might one day do The Simpsons. I, I didn't have the heart to completely shut them down and go, that's a long shot. <laughs> that's the longest of shots. Like I'm never going to say no, because that's not what's going to ha- Like, you can't ever say no. However, it's a long shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I know it's a pacing note. I know that you can't have the guys dying in the water longer, but that helicopter instantly shows up, and the guy even says, we saw your fire from a long way away. Bullshit, you were on top of that fire. Like, Yeah, you were already there. You. We just saw you yeah, circling. I, yeah, I just, I I get it. It's a pacing bit. You can't drag it out longer, but I just didn't care for that. But So I'm curious what... to see... My, can I mm-hmm. can I amend this for a second so it's not quite so yeah, irritating please. for you? Um, that guy not wasn't not necessarily the the helicopter pilot. He could have been the dude that's that bets back at on the beach with the coast guard or somewhere else, oh, and he could have okay. seen I'll it. I'll take that. You know, I'll take that. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to yes and my way into to making this make more sense because I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I'll take it. I con stricken. I've stricken the con. Excellent. Um, I think we're to favorite moments, or um, I got a couple of cons. Uh, you have in here. cons. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, yeah. Sorry. Um, so Joseph is next level dumbass in this episode, and mm-hmm. it's almost too much, and it's it's a little too much for me. It's it's a con. We've been getting a lot of of dumbass Joseph lately, and I think I'm just kind of over it. Um, at this point, I just don't want to see him in episodes anymore because I know what it's going to turn out to be. And yeah. like it's, I don't know. I I don't hate Breck and Meyer. I don't hate the character of Joseph. He just he's become incredibly one note, and I don't like that note. Yeah. Um. I am so sorry. You're probably gonna hear a bunch of fucking dogs in the background here. You're okay, bud. Eh, we'll see. Sorry, listeners, if you can hear my dogs. Um. My other con here is that none of the rescue shit would work like this in the end. I don't believe there is a three million to one shot that Boomhauer gets the propeller off without cutting his hands to shit. That Dale's match stays completely like usable, or or that his first flick of the cigarette because it's he flicks it into the fucking water, lights the shit that needs to, and all this other stuff. I just don't see any of it working, and it's too, I can't suspend my disbelief with this. Um, it's too much. I needed them to find a different way. I needed a bunch of stupid, like, old people that had been hunting on the the, ch- the beach all day to just cruise up on them. Or I needed some other people that were hunting for the treasure to come up and roll up on them and taunt the shit out of them until they realized they were going to die. You know, I, I need a nemesis factor in here. That's going to make more sense to me than this magical, hey, I, uh, I fucked up the fuel line and Dale just happened to have a cigarette because he's always got a cigarette. Yeah, I don't know. It was it it was too much. They reached too far for it, 
and we are at that point, we've been at that point for a long time where they jumped the shark with some of their ideas. And I think this is the big one for me in this episode is how everything resolves itself. They couldn't take the non, they had to take the nonsensical route. They couldn't take a logical one. Well, this is the other half of like Bobby on track where we see all the runners tripping and then Bobby like miraculously winning. Yes. That's plausible. That's sure it's you know out of left field is all hell but like that's okay what you're saying is 100 percent. it needs to it can only work because it works or don't you know what i mean like it has to mm-hmm. be this way and it makes it tougher and i think that's well because you also know they're not gonna die like it's king of the hill you're not gonna start season 10 episode one killing the four main characters right or do fucking do and that's like mike judge going george r, r. martin on our asses beforehand like you know like that'd be cool as hell <laughs> and it's how to Peggy and Nancy and <laughs> how did they put their lives back together now being single moms? Like, right. Um, I don't know. I'm oh, waiting. I, for... I got one con. I'm sorry. Really quick. I yeah. got one more con. Can I toss it in there? Yeah. We had a, we had a beach episode sans Luann and I'm just so sad. Oh, I know. I know, buddy. <laughs> um, I'm waiting for the day that, that an animated show decides they're actually going to kill off an important character just because they can. And like make it and make it stick. No, an important character, (laughs) like uh, (laughs) bleeding. (laughs) No, not bleeding gums. Bleeding gums. Murphy and not Doctor Marvin Monroe. Marvin Monroe. Thing. Kept kept wanting to say Nick Riviera, and I'm like, nope. Doctor Nick is not dead. Uh, And besides, Mark, they were never popular. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) I am. I'm waiting for the day that somebody like. I honestly was expecting it to happen by now in Rick and Morty, where one of the main characters just fucking dies. Like, dies, dies, and doesn't come back. Yeah. Um, because I think that would be a huge power play, and I think it would be a very interesting, like, pivot if you needed to for a show that had gotten stagnant. Honestly, in season 10, it wouldn't have been a terrible fucking plan to have one of the four of them die. It would have been something cool, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mix it, it up a little bit, like... Yeah, and obviously, I mean, it's it's going to bring down the, the levels of something, and you're going to get rid of a character, but it leaves a sp- spot open for somebody else to grow into it. One of the four main guys dies. That means that we get Khan for the rest of the series as a surrogate. I was thinking Lucky as a surrogate. Uh, well, exactly. Or, or, That's or how you can get the more organic them. line of, like, Lucky's appearance and, like, acceptance into the Hill family. Like, Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. No, I, I So who are you killing? Bill, right? Um, like, no, you can't kill Bill. I'm killing Boomhauer. Oh, I'm killing Bill because he's already come full circle with his character arcs, and, like, from here on in, he's just going to, like, not do a whole lot, you know? Okay. I don't know. You're killing Boomhauer, though. Okay. I'm killing Boomhauer. Dale adds too much to things, and, and you would have outrage. People would stop watching if you killed Dale. Um, You can't kill Hank because it's Hank. Yeah, he's the face Tyler. of the franchise. Um, I don't think you can kill Bill because he's offered more than Boomhauer, so people are more invested in what goes on with him. But Boomhauer is still, he's still like the mystery man. He still gets to play Mr. Aloof a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. It'd be interesting okay. to see. Uh, but then he wouldn't get to go to Canada, and I'd be sad. Yeah, because that's such a great episode. <laughs> Mark, we're to favorite moments. What do you got for me, man? <laughs> Um, favorite moments, Joseph's, uh, parachute jump. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. I can, 
also, it's my favorite moment because I remember being a dumb 13-year-old because I totally did that, and it did not work at all. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I used to jump off our chicken coop with the uh, two umbrellas. did not work. But you had to try. Yeah, had to try. But when we were little, you could, like, tie bed sheets to your hands and legs and, like, stand out in the wind in Falcon, Colorado, and it would pick your ass up. It'd make a little, like, squirrel suit, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we used yeah, it it worked kind of. Not really. You were like 60 pounds and the wind was really strong, but it kind of worked. Like that's <laughs> all that is to say that's my favorite moment cuz it brought me back to my childhood. How about you, buddy? Uh so I've got two here. We we already kind of hit one of them. You and I both did. Uh and it's Joseph going, "Gah, fly." And and Nancy going, "Joseph, honey, that fish don't want to play." <laughs> I love that you see it in the background like, or you don't see it it's just all background noise because you, you just get to imagine Joseph like trying to make this poor beached fish that's probably like been sitting out in the sun for hours at this point and smells horrendous trying to make it fly it's great <laughs> but um, my all time favorite moment for this episode Mark requires a bit of falsetto here with okay. these maxi pads, I feel confident enough to ride a bike. Damn it, Johnny. You took a perfectly good bit and derailed it by doing a period piece. <laughs> we get to hear his falsetto that he used when he was Lenore. Yep. yep. <laughs> I... I it is such a weird joke for Bill to be saying it. Oh, I, yeah, I love it. I just, I absolutely so love it. It gets a chuckle out of me every single time. Um, I think we're to ratings, bud. I reckon we are. You want to break down that system for the good people? Absolutely. Uh, so at uh, the very bottom of our rating system here, we have a charcoal. A charcoal episode is an absolute failure. It is not a good episode of King of the Hill. It doesn't represent what we like to watch. And oh, for the most part, like you may watch it once on an initial viewing and you're never going to go back to it because it almost turns you off from the show. Uh, one step above that is our megalo rating. This is kind of like our C rating. It's not much better than a charcoal. A Megalo has got a little bit more to offer. Maybe you get a fun guest star or something like that. But it also is not a very good representation of what King of the Hill is. The writing is sloppy and there's continuity errors out the wazoo. All sorts of stuff. If you want something better than that, you got to go to a Butane. And a Butane is a bastard gas, meaning you're going to get a bastard episode. You hate to love it. You love to hate it. It's all of those fun things we've been telling you for almost 200 episodes now. A butane episode is one that is middle of the road. It's going to show you what King of the Hill is. It's not going to be anything spectacular, but you're going to keep it on in the background because, hey, you want to watch King of the Hill and you want to see what, what antics are happening on Rainy Street. After that, you've got your Char King, and your Char King episodes are your A-plus standards. Uh, Charking episode is everything you love about King of the Hill. It's got great characters, fun storylines, a great guest star, all of the above mixed in with something that that kind of bucks the the sitcom trend uh, that a lot of shows fall into. If Mark and I mm -hmm. both agree that an episode is a Charking, it becomes a Charking Imperial, and these are some of the all-time best episodes of King of the Hill. Imperials represent everything that you want in this show, and you could show it to just about anybody, and they would love it. They just need a little bit of context to love it the way you do. 
After that, we only have one more, and that's the Blue Flame of Valor. This is our S-rank absolute best episode of not just King of the Hill, but TV in general. This is the reason we watch TV and enjoy these stories year after year after year. Blue Flames of Valors do not come along very often, and I may be so biased as to say I think we might have one more in the tank for the next four seasons. I think there's only one more that you and I, either either of us, is going to agree is a Blue Flame. Um, it may not be the same one even. We'll see. We're just going to have to see. I'd love to be proven wrong. But a Blue Flame of Valor episode, <laughs> it is, it's one that you're going to show your mom and say, hey, I really love King of the Hill. You should sit down and watch this with me because it's very funny and it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring us closer together. So, uh, Mark, on a scale of charcoal to the Blue Flame of Valor, what did you give Hanks on board? It's a butane. It's fine. Kind of a weak start to a season, but okay. it's all right. It's, it's fine. It's kind of like a rehash, rehash of Skillsaw, but... Almost, yeah. Because Hank's the, you know, the good, Hank's a good bad guy all episode. Well, Hank's the glue. You know, it's that's that's what it is. Um, no, it's fine. Everybody's used pretty much their where you expect them to be. Characters are on point. Um, a and B story are separate but kind of different, and I like that they don't really tie into each other, but they're there. Peggy gets the W in the end. Well, her and Bobby both. Yeah, it's yeah. Butane. How about you, buddy? Uh, well, we're going to give this one a t-t-t-t-tane because I gave it a butane as well. Um, I, I really... How'd you like that I, sound effect, listeners? Bum, bum, bum. Uh, I like the end of this episode. Uh, it, it makes me uncomfortable how mean the guys are to Hank, considering all of the jams he has gotten them out of. I mean, shit, he yeah. calls himself out in the middle of the episode saying, well, I'm going to have to fix everything again because I do that every week. Like... He, Hank knows his role in in the group, and the guys, while they may be uncontent, like or discontented with it, they know his role in the group. And it's like, why do you guys got to be such a dickhead about it? You know, if you all weren't such freaking morons all the time, he probably wouldn't have to be such a dickhead about getting you to do the shit the right way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I it just seems a little unearned for me in the beginning. Um, in the end, it definitely plays back up into. Hey, Hank, what should we do next? Can we do, go do this? Can we go do that? And they all look at him like he's their their surrogate, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really care for that piece of the ending, but the fact that they all come together, they start enjoying themselves so much that they make a big reckless decision that almost kills them, that's the kind of friendship these guys have had for 20 years. So. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Right on. But, yeah. Well, you want to... um pull this one into port and then search for our keys so we can drive to our next episode, buddy? <laughs> I, I say we do just that. <laughs> hey, wait, really quick before we do that, what the fuck happened to the boat? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, because okay. there's there's no way that uh, you're going to be able to, well, I don't know. Do you Can you get boat insurance when you do something like that? Because you know it's not Dale's boat. He doesn't own one. No, I'm sure they just rented it and they just tow it back. Like, the only thing Boomhauer did was disable the propeller like yeah I'm, I'm thinking he might have fucked up the engine though like if he pulled it off and and got a bunch of water in the fuel line they gotta flush all that out now and yeah well no why is he getting water in the fuel line fuel lines are gravity yeah i don't know i don't i also don't know enough about boats i just wonder what happened to that goddamn boat yeah i mean it definitely had the potential to blow up the back of the boat if if there was so much fuel eking out into the water that they could light it on fire then theoretically that fire that they caused could have gone up and back into the boat Hmm. 
that would have been cooler. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to the boat. It burned down. <laughs> Dale's out 30 grand. <laughs> no, Let's... Rusty Shackelford is out 30 grand. Exactly. Rusty Shackelford. Oh, don't get me started on Rusty and Shackelford. Te- and Texas Ranger Jeff Boomhauer just, you know, swept that on little investigation under the ro- Okay, we got her. There we are. <laughs> Either that or, or somebody committed insurance fraud. That's what just about happened here. All right, let's yeah, move on. His name was to... Ray. He burned down his bait shop. Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's or move on to, to the our next, next one. one. So this is episode 188, Bystand Me, um, which is a, a very clever play on Stand By Me. An excellent oh. song and an even better movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, original air date, September 25th, 2005. This is written by our good buddy, Kit Boss. Mark, when did we last see Kit Boss? I would tell you if the damn cheat opens. Damn, when damn did that Mexican Boss? banana. <laughs> um, the last one I got is Opera Hank Le Deluge. Okay. Um, yeah, we liked that one. Yeah. Yeah, he shows up a lot. I, we, we like Kit Boss. He shows up a lot. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely, he's a, he's been around for a while now. I, so yeah, he's he's pretty solid. Well, and I think that's the problem is we didn't start trying to update the spreadsheet with the writers until like after season six. Okay, so I just I don't fucking it's me. I need to go back and do them all. But I got gotcha. you. Nobody got time for that. You know. Hey, I've I've fallen off. I've gotten lazy, guys. I I kind of dropped the ball in season nine, and now I'm making Mark do it. So. Is what it is. That's cool. I'm getting no. I'm like creatively exhausted, so it's fine. <laughs> um, our cast of characters for Bystand Me are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Bill De- Bill Dotrieve, Deep Treve. You screwed that Deep up. Deep Treve, you brought it back! Yay! Yeah, you brought it back. <laughs> uh, Con Min Connie and a voice only appearance of Laoma Supanusapone. Bob Jenkins, Burl Arlington, Roddy Ray Biffle, Harve, and Stuart Dooley. Uh, synopsis here. Peggy officially enters the world of the press when she starts working at the Bystander. Bobby and Dale team up to become paper boys. Um, a story here in, in A sub 1. A, Peggy's our A. Dale and Bobby are our A sub 1. Yeah, let's let's hop into it. Um, can I also say I've got a, a retro retro rage here? Yeah, and, and it's Take it away, buddy. it's it's not. I mean, it, retro rages used to be reserved for things that like people wouldn't recognize in like five ten years when they watch this show. This is definitely something people are still going to recognize, but there's no reason for it anymore, and so it just needs to stop mm-hmm. being a thing. And it's physical newspapers. They just need to not be a thing yeah. anymore. I'm sorry. Everything else is it's on the internet. It's advertised for us. Every every deal you're going to get from coupons, every story you're going to want to read, it's right there. It's right on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like it's all there, guys. You don't need that. All of your puzzles and games that you could do, like the crossword puzzles and shit, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Maybe that's me just being progressive and wanting to stick it to the fucking boomers that keep insist on keeping that shit alive. Boomers, if you're out there listening, let it fucking die. Mark, let's get to some notes. It's all advertising anyway at this point. Like <laughs> it, it really that's ninety nine percent of the Valley Courier is ads for local businesses that you don't have a choice to not like you don't have a choice anyway, so it's just like rubbing in your face. You can only eat at one of six restaurants in town. Like Right. Yeah. <laughs> um notes, I'm sorry. 
Okay, so this is where we begin with the time skips. Um, this episode should have happened sometime in season nine, or Smoking in the Bandit should have happened sometime in season ten. Yes. I don't know why they split it up like that. I don't know what the fuck is going. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's just that like, I don't know. It's it's really weird. I, and it's gonna. Th- I'm sorry. This is like in the you know when they were released, so it's gonna throw people off. Like, are we just so used to Peggy getting a job that when we actually see her interviewing for a job, it's weird? Right. I don't know. There's there's ways to do rewrites to this too. Um, I mean, how difficult would this be? Because what's the what's the big giveaway here, Mark, for you that this is a time skip episode? I, that she has to interview to get the job. That she has to get it. Like she has to go in for it. Like yeah. There's character introduction that wasn't made. We we were expected to know who Roddy Ray was. We're on. Um, Blinky McGee. I'm sorry, I can't think of his it's name. It's Roddy Ray. Um, Eye Patch. And right? um, Roddy Ray and, then, then and Bob Jenkins. Bob Jenkins. Bob Jenkins is Eye Patch. Yes. Um, but like these were two characters we'd never seen before, and we're just supposed to take it that they're there, and that was our big problem with um, smoking. Smoking in the, in bandit. the bandit. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I don't know. Smoking in the Bandit should have been in season ten. After this one, or this one was put in. To the, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know why it worked out the way it did, but it doesn't work. Like, so that's my point with it. I'm going to quit beating. No, it. with with. Do you mind if I interject for just half a second here? Because I can fix this. Oh yeah. And make it not so yeah. time skippy, and make it so that like, cool, smoking in the bandit can exist, and then this can exist, and it's fine. Um, my way of fixing this is basically instead of saying that Roddy Ray is the new guy who just got there. All he has to say when Peggy goes and talks to him was, hey, I haven't seen you since the last time I was here when I was interviewing for this job. And then all you have to okay. do in order to, to fix, um, um, oh, what is it, Bob Jenkins, because he says, I'll, I'll learn your name when I read about it in the paper. Just get rid of that fucking line. Just have him come back and say, oh, hey, Peggy, it's nice to see you, you back here. Like, have him have some gay snide remark. And, that, and I mean, okay. I legitimately mean gay, guys. I'm pretty sure that he's gay. I'm not trying to be weird. Oh, yeah, I think he is. Yeah. <laughs> we know he is. Um, we, we, it, or at least one of three bisexuals in Ireland. Like. Uh, right. Uh, but anyway, like it's it's a, it's minor things. That's all it would take is a script rewrite for two lines for one character, or or and one line for another character. Then you're good. Then continuity is fixed. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I don't even care about the fixing it so much as I just don't understand why it would. Why it would be released this way and like Yeah, it is very I, strange. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. According to John Altshuler and Dave Krinsky, a majority of the episodes in this season are left over from season nine. Okay. Season nine's production line, as well as one episode from season eight. Bystand me. Bystand me should have taken place in season eight. Oh so there we go. okay. Very cool. Well, thank you for clearing that up, Altshuler and Krinsky. I, I've never noticed that. Before. Like, I've noticed it, but, like, I've never pieced together that they have – that season 10 starts out with episodes from 8 and 9. Um, we did make a comment, though, about how short 9 is compared to all the other seasons we've been doing because it's only 15 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then, like – and then there's no production note for that or for why season 9 was so short, though. Interesting. I'm I'm really curious yeah. if Fox just did a, a lower order, because uh, I'm pretty sure the season ten here is supposed to be it was the original finale, right? I think so. And then they got yeah. renewed for a couple more seasons. I, I'll have to look it up. Um, 
Yeah, you keep going through your notes here. I'm going to look it up and see what the what the last episode in this season is. Sure, sure, sure. Um, this is a Bobby gets a job and a Peggy can't get a job episode. I just want to throw <laughs> that in there. Yes. I, I'm really glad to see Men and Con again. We haven't seen them, like, actually showing up in a minute. Like, I want to say Redneck on Rainy, and I know that's not it, but they're actually here. Yeah. Like, they're, they're characters again. That's cool to see. Um, I think I'm going to start doing German crossword puzzles to try and learn German a little bit better. <laughs> That's just an idea for me. Um, you can use lime juice to get stains out of silk, but according to the internet, uh, lemon juice and vinegar work better. And I think just with that little note, it also really drives home your point of, we don't need your goddamn advice columns. You look it up on the internet and call it Uh-huh. Good. Oh, absolutely. Yep, we just... There's thousands of them, like um, thousands. And the original ending, I, I looked it up. The ending that I'm thinking of that I I know they had planned for, which is Lucky and Luann's wedding, is the end of season 11, not 10. Gotcha, gotcha. And then Sirloin with Love is the true canonical ending, right? It, well, it was until they announced the reboot, but yes. Well, no, but yeah, I mean up until. Yeah, yeah, no, up yeah, until, yeah. yeah, to Sirloin with Love is, is, yeah, it's the one they settled on after. I think they got, so they, if the... That's season 13, so they got renewed for another two seasons, I think, without realizing it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anyway, sorry, moving on. Um, where'd that woman get seaweed from? I don't care. I just, where the hell did she get seaweed from? <laughs> <laughs> In the middle of, like, the middle of Texas? Where are you getting seaweed? I don't know. Um, how do you take care of writer's block? What do you do? You got any... Here's your advice column, Johnny. What do you do to get rid of writer's block? Masturbate? Okay. <laughs> no, I okay. no no I, I that's not. No, I I think that's a perfectly I think that's a perfectly plausible explanation. Like I I think that's perfectly reasonable. Um, honestly, anything that's going to clear my mind. So anything that's going to basically hard reset me. Um, I like painting Warhammer figurines because I can put on something I've seen a billion times and just sit there and focus and drain my mind of shit. Um, I recently because it's something I've been learning in school. I've been practicing meditation. Five to ten minutes of meditation, 20 if I'm really feeling like I need to get into it, I can do that. I don't do a lot of writing other than when I'm doing this show. And so a lot of my writing comes as I'm watching. So if I if I sit and watch through an episode and I realize halfway through I haven't written anything down, then I will probably just step away, think about what is going on in the episode and what I know is coming up, and then start to find themes and different things like that. So... Okay. Yeah, like, it's it's interesting to see. Um, I also am a gigantic procrastinator, so when I have to do shit for school, like, if I have to write a paper for school, I'm going to wait till the very last minute and then go, well, I better just do this now and just crank it all out and hope it turns out okay. About 90% of you. the time it does. Okay. Yeah, what about you? What do you do for writer's block? Um, I have found that it works better if I just stop trying to work on it and go do anything else. Okay, um, yeah. I notice this a lot with two wizards where I will start a script, get about a quarter of the way through it, maybe halfway and just I'm done. I can't make it flow anymore. It's just not going to work. And, and like, as this isn't working. So what I'll usually do when this happens is I'll smoke some weed, take a shower and start thinking about anything else that I want to do, find that other idea that I want to do and start doing that in my head. And then about 20 minutes later, I have found that I am so creatively like horned up for this other thing that I can get bored with it and go back to the original thing. Okay. I couldn't figure out how to write. And like, I leapfrog episodes like that all the fucking time and it works super well for me. So nice. It hasn't, 
yeah, it's never been a problem of like finishing one. There have been ones where I have like scrapped it because it quit working. I tried to write one about like the ways that space can kill us. I tried writing that three times and it did not pan out. It just wasn't a good episode. So I gave up and there's something to be said for quitting too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes the idea is just not as good as you want it to be, and you gotta let it die. Yeah, you just gotta let it go and call it good, and maybe you can come back to it later, or you don't. It doesn't matter. Um, Hey, this episode did teach me how to do something, though, and that's make mustard gas. That's literally the recipe <laughs> for mustard gas. Yeah. Kids, do not combine bleach and ammonia. You will create mustard gas, and you will kill yourself and others. It will fuck you up. It. Don't do it, guys. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, what do you got, buddy? Notes, pros, talk um, to me. Notes here. So we hit it earlier earlier in this episode here, but um, Phil Hendry is back. He is Harv. Uh, so he's been, been mm-hmm. in both of our episodes this week. Um, he's also the news chief, right? He is. Yeah. He So he's Harv yeah. and he's also Roddy Ray. Um, and he was Roddy yeah. Ray in last season as well. So that makes sense if that was if he's supposed to have been around for a while now. Um, there's yeah. a new bar in Arlen, Mark, the lifeboat. Yes. Uh, I wanted to make sure we called that out. Uh, I, so I looked, I genuinely looked and I tried and I saw a bunch of, of different things on Google. I tried like three different websites. I could not find out or translate what it is that Laoma insults men. Um, Oh. <laughs> it's the Laogo Gaipa or something like that. Whatever she says, I looked it up. I listened to it like three times and I tried. I was looking up Laotian swears and insults and everything else. Couldn't <laughs> find it. Um, they've got some it's, – it's a beautiful language to insult in. Uh, I can just say <laughs> that. Like it got some pretty colorful insults. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm a broiled ox penis. <laughs> exactly. Um Peggy references Jim Jones and Heaven's Gate. Those are the people that she's talking about yes. that are in the um, sweatsuits, right? Like, or am I just yeah, completely uh, Heaven's wrong? yeah Heaven's Gate with Marshall Applewhite and then Jim Jones with uh, Jonestown. Right. Okay. I just want to make sure I got all those right. I know you're a little bit more knowledgeable on that sort of stuff because it's just more your area of interest. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've listened to the Jonestown death tape. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, real quick, side moment. Mark's Moments of the Macabre. Um, he also had a chimp named Mr. Muggs. He shot Mr. Muggs the chimp, right? So when the so when they were cleaning up the Jonestown compound after all these bodies had been you know, rotting for weeks, they also sent the body of the chimp up to, I want to say they sent it to, wherever they sent it to, I want to say Quantico, that might not be right. Wherever they sent the bodies for processing, they also sent the chimp in a body bag and apparently it scared the shit out of the um, orderlies who got in, or the pathologist who opened it up and found a fucking chimp body. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, it's not funny. No part of that is funny, and I think that's that the funniest dark. fucking thing in the world. <laughs> oh, man, that is dark. Um, okay, so my last note here, it's it's almost a point of discussion. And okay. I, I'm just kind of curious here. Do you honestly remember the last time we saw Rusty Shackelford? And I, I bring this up because Dale specifically introduces himself in this episode as Sparky Wilson, not Rusty Shackelford. Yeah, yeah. And I went, why in the world are you doing that? This joke isn't dead yet. We still haven't met the real Rusty Shackelford. Yeah. 
So I know it will continue to come up, but it also made me realize, when do you remember the last time we saw Rusty Shackelford? Not offhandedly. Okay. I honestly just thought the date, or I thought the Dale made up a kid name because he already has an adult alter ego. He can't, you can't cross the streams. Is Rusty Shackelford a 43 year old man or a 10 year old kid? Okay. Okay. That, so that makes more sense. I also bet he's got Rusty Shackelford's, um, um, social security card. Like, yeah. Okay. I I just, I was kind of curious because we haven't seen Rusty Shackelford in a while. And that is, that is one of the most iconic things from this show. You know, there's a lot of people who have never watched more than a single episode of King of the Hill. And yet a lot, even, even more than that, know who Rusty Shackelford is, or they know the premise of the joke or the gag, you know? Okay, no, so I guess it, that does make a lot of sense, though. Sparky Wilson obviously is supposed to be a younger character, so I I, I concede that it, it wasn't a con necessarily. I was just kind of curious, like, why did, why did he use that instead of Rusty? But you, 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 you sold me on it. Okay. Yeah, um, but that's what I got for notes. What do you got for pros? Pros, um, <laughs> Dale's dead back when he totally bricks it on the scooter and then goes, that man is dead a lot of that man is doing the rest of this episode is blowing in a tube to power his little wheelchair like that's that's it yeah um there is i i you know we know listeners you know uh johnny and i like to look out for the little sign gags and a lifetime of watching simpsons has made me look out for him there is a uh headline printed in um the bystanders office did you seem to did you have to catch it no what did it say Man throws log. <laughs> okay. That's what it says. That's what it says. And then all I can think is they're referring to Highlander games with the uh, caber toss. Right. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But man throws log and it was newsworthy in Arlen. Yes. <laughs> um, I like the news crews fighting. I, I almost wonder if this isn't a bit that they tried to take from Anchorman. And then I get to thinking about it and I think that Anchorman came out after this did like in like actual, you know, when it would have been written and so forth. So maybe that doesn't work, but I just like the two news channels fighting with each other. That's great. Yeah. Peggy's. That was, (laughs) you know what? In 10 seasons, she hasn't done that. We'd never get a Peggy. Like that. It's it's in my pros as well. that We got our very first ball. It's so earned. It's so earned. And you know what? It's also, I don't, we'll keep an eye out. It's going up on the list next to Andy Maynard about, um, are we going to um, get the rest of the Hill family or anybody else going, Bwah! does Bobby Bois, does Dale Bois, like, mm-hmm. I know Dale has, but that's not a Bois, I don't know. No, we get a lot of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, we all have our own, like, non-word catchphrases, but we get Peggy using a Bois, it's great. And finally, Dale's paper strip from that old lady, so... Jumps out of the car, grabs the paper, can't get it, walks away dejected, runs up, and then, like, does an actual, like, strip, you know, like, pulls the arm out, removes the, he strips it the way you would strip a gun. And I just really appreciate that. Like, (laughs) Dale disarms that old lady using, like, ninja move, and it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my pros. I I just watched this episode, and I don't know. I, I didn't just watch it. I just don't know if anything happens in this episode. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, let's see here. My pros. First one. So you hit my very last one here with Peggy and her ball. 
Um, <laughs> uh, so first one here is that um, Peggy Hill should be our new mascot for the Dangle Podcast. Um, I, she's she's obviously never going to replace Rockadillo by any means, but let's be real here. Peggy was podcasting long before us. If she's doing homemade DVD commentary. <laughs> yep. Yep. I thought that was incredible. Um, I love Dale's costume change that he does to turn into the little kid. Um, it, it is very reminiscent of Steve Buscemi, right? Yep. And his hello yep. fellow children. And I'm sure this came way before that. If I, if I am remembering my timeline correctly here. Um, so that, that kills me. We, like, you and I, are total suckers for costume changes on any character most of the time. So mm-hmm. uh, I really love the, the reintroduction of Khan and men with this because it shows their relationship and really solidifies it. Again, it reminds you of who they are. They are the higher brow, more educated people in the alley. They do things like the New York times crossword puzzle. And at the same time, they can be so petty as to go, Mm, I don't want to lose this crossword competition against my husband, so I'm going to cheat. I think it's fantastic. It reminds me of just how much I love the Super Noose Pones. Um, yeah. And then I... I So we you brought this up earlier about writer's block, and it's one of my pros in here that Jenkins tells Peggy, I'd buy a prostitute, and she half thinks about it. <laughs> Like you can see it on her face and that was intentional. Yep. And I'm like, Oh, Peggy, I really want to see you buy a prostitute just to sit there and bounce ideas off of them. (laughs) I really, really want to see it. But yeah, I also felt like this, this episode, it kind of just flew by and there wasn't a lot to it because you just kept hitting the same notes over and over again. You know, we saw Peggy. Okay. I got this idea for men and I'm going to go print it. Then I got this idea for men and then I'm going to go print it. And uh uh-oh, all of a sudden, no more ideas for men. So I have bad idea, but I'm going to print it. Like it, it felt very repetitive back and forth and back and forth the whole time. Okay. Every time you cut to Dale and Bobby, it's the exact same scene. Uh, You know, after they've teamed up, Bobby's in the back sleeping. Dale is sucking at sports. Then Bobby's in the back sleeping and Dale is sucking at throwing things like Mm-hmm. It it's it's just seemed very repetitive and for that I feel like it just flew by there's not a lot of memorable shit in this you have to really be like straining to find funny lines funny quotes different things like that because it all flows way too quickly at least for me yeah um yeah but it's what you're saying it's a lot of recycled bits too it's yeah yeah so those are my pros, um, man. Okay. Okay. I have an answer to your question about why Peggy didn't get a hooker. Why? Because she would have called Tammy and all Tammy would have told her is how to get cum out of your blouse. Oh, Tammy would have told her where the best barbecue in OKC is. <laughs> and how to get barbecue out of your blouse. Yes. <laughs> and cum. Damn it. Alabaster. <laughs> Give me, I don't need to know the color of it, Mark. Give me some cons. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, I wish you were here. I, would, I went to fucking fist bump and you weren't even here. Holy shit. Oh, shit. Whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, flip my dumb shit, huh? 
Um, Some... Am I on pros? No, I'm on cons. Because you fucked my brain up so great with that. Sometimes, um, man, con, I'm real funny. Fuck you, Herb. <laughs> You're amazing. You're fucking amazing. I. <laughs> wow. Whew. Listeners, I'm leaving all that derail in. Um, con. Fuck you, Herb. You're just a no. I just. You know, once upon a time, I got called insensitive because I said that cupcake shops don't have a place in this world. And that's not what I meant. I meant that, you know, certain economic trends rise and fall. There's booms, there's bubbles, there's bursts. Not everything can exist like that all the time. All things. Yeah, and you pretty much already aptly called it out with, you know, newspapers are not necessarily something. This, granted, this was, you know, 16 years ago and it was a little bit more appropriate back then to have newspapers still, but it's not really... Um, and therefore I just really, those guys are real obnoxious, just the whole crew. And it's like, you can't tell me that, I don't know. I, I, the, the entire group of them and the whole chasing a child, calling him a scab, they're going to, they're going to kill Bobby. Like they're going to fuck <laughs> him up and Dale is going to leave him to be like murdered yeah. by like a bunch of drunk, surly dudes who shouldn't be driving because they all probably have like eight DUIs to start with. Like, you know, so you get this like image of the newsman and let's just get rid of him. But then you have this image of him shaking down Hank for money in April. But then also, as long as we're here in April, let's talk about a secondary time skip that I don't want to talk about. But the last episode was a memorial. The last episode took place on Memorial day weekend. This episode takes place weeks earlier. Right. I know we already kind of knocked it out, but I wanted to talk about it because well, I had written down the con. Oh, sure. Um, I also noticed, and now I'm just might go back and watch some season eight. The sound mixing was really, really bad in this. Like I did, and the only reason I noticed it was because you know, Hulu's quiet anyway, so I got to like jack my TV up to like twenty. Okay. But then this one came on. I had to put it up to like thirty-five, forty. And I'm like, what is? It was like markedly quiet, and it was just, it was really just a technical con, and it's just this one episode that's a little quieter. And hey, take it from somebody who edits three podcasts. Some edit, some episodes are louder, and some are quieter. Shit happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Con, we taught a whole generation of kids how to make mustard gas. <laughs> and to that end, I was going to ask you, did you ever get into stupid shit when you were a kid? Did you ever, like, did you ever, like, make a mustard gas? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, so the stupidest thing that I did, I never intentionally made anything like that. Um, but I definitely got, almost got the cops called on me, almost got a friend fired, um, and almost had my parents and a lot of other people in, in like my job think that I was a gigantic druggie. Um, oh, shit. so I worked at a local water park when I was about 14, 15 years old. It was technically, it's my very first job. I collected trash. I hung out with the lifeguards. It was a summer gig. You walked around for like six hours a day. You had to get there super early sometimes because you, you were the people like I was the guy who ran the little underwater vacuum and shit like that. Um, just to make sure all of the, the pools were looking good. And then all, all, all that sort of shit was all, all good. Anyway, um, not, none of that shit's important. Um, as a 14 or 15 year old, if you were granted access Mark to a mm, five by 10 shed that was just full of a bunch of pool chemicals and random shit that you needed a water park and like random disposable shit that's, that's in and around. So, um, paper towels and twist ties and uh, rubber gloves, shit like that, right? What are you going to do mm-hmm. as a 15-year-old kid? You're going to go and fuck around with all of it, right? 
You're going to get bored at work one day. I was going to say, probably just start whacking it in that <laughs> shed out there. I, but you're going to, like, I see me, I, I get bored one day. I yes, go, you're going to start mixing chemicals. You're going to see the things yeah. that do not combine. And the first fucking thing you're going to do is combine. Oh, exactly. And so um, I didn't want to do it in anything that's, that I, like, was going to get busted for. So I'm not going to do it in the big chlorine buckets or shit like that. But, hey, we've got boxes of these nitrile gloves everywhere. Let's see what happens when you pour, like, when you spray a bunch of spray paint in one and then you shove a bunch of um, um, like paper towels into it and then you dump a chlorine tab in it or what happens to the chlorine tabs when you spray paint them (laughs) shit like that well oh no the the flaw in in what happens dear listeners is that I was really good about it and so was my buddy Dan uh, because he worked there he did the same job as me we usually worked the same shifts but occasionally we didn't but he and I would fuck around in there all the time because we were 14 15 year old kids that had nothing better to do most of the time and we did a lot of this shit in these nitrile gloves and we left one of them in there one day and one of the bosses found it Mm. and thought we were huffing and doing all sorts of ridiculous crazy shit to just get higher than the moon and I basically had to explain to them, no, I'm just a gigantic fucking slacker that didn't have cell phone service anywhere else and liked my privacy when I didn't want to be at work. And so I got a very stern talking to and a write up, but they, yeah, for a long time, they were like, yeah, we were going to call the cops because it looked like some crackheads busted in here and started huffing all of our stuff. Oh, Jesus. So. Oh, God. (laughs) I don't remember how we got onto this subject, but we did. (laughs) Dumb shit you do as a kid. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we made napalm out of gasoline and orange juice concentrate and threw it at a bunch of fence posts and lit them on fire. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, it works pretty well. <laughs> hey, FBI, please don't censor us. This common knowledge, man. Like, <laughs> everybody ought to know that. Kind of like always, you know, I, I, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, as I say, don't, um, don't poke that bear if we don't have to. Nah, let's not. Let's just fucking not. Um, yeah, I don't really have a ton of cons other than I really get sick of the... I don't like any part of the news boy bullshit. Okay. But it has to come together to wrap around, and that's why we need it. So, fine. Whatever. I don't care. Sure. It's, you literally can't have this episode without that. And I like this episode. I like that Peggy's dumb enough and just so needy for success and validation that she would do this. And I, I'm not even faulting her. I'm not making fun. I'm just saying, like, this is a very... Uh, plausible Peggy bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. What else we got? Um, so my cons here, you already killed my very first one here, which is, I'm glad you killed it um, by looking up that stuff from Altshuler and Krinsky because it's like Roddy Ray has been around forever. He's not new regime. No, no regime change here. He's been around for fucking ever. Um, but you cleared that up for me. So not really a con anymore now that I know it's out of sequence. Um, and my other one is pretty glaring here. At some point, Peggy says, I have to, I have to write this five days a week. And I'm thinking to myself, Mm -hmm. there is no newspaper in small town Arlen that prints five days a week. There is not enough news to do that. Shit. There is technically still a newspaper in my hometown. And it is a a town of 80,000 people now. But when I was growing up, it was only 50 or less. And it only shows up twice a week. 
it's once on Wednesdays and once on Sundays. And even then, it's it's like, okay, there is almost not enough for you to just do that. Now, if this episode were to happen today, I would believe Peggy saying, I have to do this five days a week. One, because of hustle culture. And two, because you don't have to physically print something five days a week in order to write on it five days a week. You can have a brand, you, if, if your boss says, hey, I need you to have an article every single morning by eight o'clock, cool. I've got to have an article every single morning by eight o'clock. That's just what it is. And you can do that with the internet because that takes two seconds to upload and for people to see. But not mm -hmm. 18 years ago when there wasn't internet access like this. So my big con here is that there is no fucking way that the Arlen bystander is being printed five days a week. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. That's 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 my big con here. Peggy is either she is hyping herself up way more than she should, which is very fucking possible with her, um, or that's just it's unfe un unfeasible, unfathomable for me. I'm having a lot of issues with suspending my disbelief this week. I guess. No, it's all right because this week is harder to, harder to suspend. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but with that, I think we're to favorite moments. Yeah. I think we are. What do you got, buddy? I got one, and it's a men line. And it's basically okay. her uh, agreeing with Lyoma that the makeup that she has on makes her look like a Bangkok circus clown. <laughs> I love how passive-aggressive they are. Um, I We didn't even bring up the fact that this is the first mention of Lyoma since we saw her with Bill, and that that never got finalized or figured out. Um, but you don't actually mm -hmm. hear... Laoma, like, really on the phone. You definitely don't hear the specific voice actress doing her voice. So maybe yeah. that's why they just decided not to bring it up. Maybe they just went, eh, people have forgotten. That was two seasons ago. Well, no, it wasn't. This would have been right on in keeping with um, Maiden Arlen. And I also wonder if this came out before or after that was supposed to come out. Do you know what I mean? Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. If they weren't hinting toward Loma, if they weren't hinting towards resistance, and then she comes back. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. That's... I don't know either. Um, how about your favorite moment, man? Um, Take that. You bleached out Tramp. Throws a drink in Nancy's face. <laughs> oh, shit. That was a great interaction. I... Yes. Uh, great on Peggy. Shame on you, Nancy, you dumb bitch. You should have known better. Like You know how, how, how over the top Peggy gets. She should have expected it. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Um, do, so, okay, so how do you do this? This isn't bad Peggy, though, right? I kind of like this Peggy episode. Um, no, I, yeah, it's okay. I, it's, there's a little bit of, it. this is classic naive Peggy, but I don't think it's bad brain Peggy. Okay, so, so here's some Peggy episodes from season eight, and let's just see if this kind of goes in with the general vibe. Um, uh, Incredible Hank, when she doses Hank with testosterone. Mm-hmm real dumb that one is bad brain because you got to be very direct with head injured people um flirting with the master she's just gullible enough to think that she's you know yeah that's her being high on her own leon petard yep 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 cheer factor uh yeah that's yeah that i wouldn't say that's bad brain peggy i'd say that's cocky peggy no. it's just peggy gets the job yep <laughs> um yeah, so I'm just looking back on some of these. If this is a season eight episode, we compare it to season eight Peggy, and it was a good use of season eight Peggy. So okay, 
Yeah. I don't... Okay, can we also make a point? We're not going to, like, focus on this time shit. Time skip shit, guys. Like, I'm not going to try and, like, suss out all the timelines. I'm just trying to... Just this little bit, because this one is such a drastic flaw. This is like Luann's hair is back and then it's gone again in Return to La Grunta. Like, right. And we know the King of the Hill has always had continuity problems and time skip problems, but this might be one of the biggest ones. And I, I don't know. I I try to find order in it, but it's hard to do sometimes. So, yeah, I guess that being said, are we to ratings or anything else we want to say about this one? Um, No, I don't need to say anything else about it, I don't think. Uh, I think we can bring it down to a rating here. Um, I gave it a butane, man. It's it's fun. There's some okay. loose end. The timeline is all dicked up, but now we've got some kind of closure on that. Uh, but even the closure is not going to change my rating. Um, it's it's okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, and maybe uh, maybe I shouldn't be metagaming this, but looking forward, Peggy's going to stay at the bystander for a while. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have some finality here. This is her like second permanent-ish job throughout the series. First was substitute teacher, then there's this, and I'm pretty sure she doesn't she go into realty later on. Sizemore, yeah. Sizemore, yeah, exactly. And so it's like, okay, I'm I'm okay with this, and we'll just kind of see where we go from here. What about you, man? Yeah. What'd you give it? Well, um, I really hope you like that sound effect, listeners, because you get to hear it again, because we got another two-tane making this week's episode of Quad-tane in our own right. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I think this, so like, okay, and I also had to change the rating now, I guess, a little bit. I think that this would have been a better way to start Season 10 than Hank's on board. Okay. Um, I think it does a better job of showing everybody's character, but not focusing on Hank as the primary character. Okay. Just because we're in season 10 now. Yeah, season 8, whatever, doesn't matter. So we're just saying this is season 10. Um, This is a better showing from all the characters involved. Um, Hank's on board is a weird vacation episode, and I don't think you should start episodes with them going places, which I guess they did with returning Japanese and so forth. But, like, mm, I don't know. I just, I think that this would have been a better placement as the season 10 beginning. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I like this episode. Probably not going to watch it again, but if it's on, I'm not going to turn it off. Fair. Real middle of the road. Kids don't mix mustard gas. Um, Newspapers are bad. I think that's about all I got. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, I think that's that's just about it for the week, man. Um, What do you say we wrap it up and ask that fantastic question we ask at the end of every show? And that is, do you still like King of the Hill, Mark? I still love King of the Hill, Johnny. Do you still like King of the Hill, buddy? I still love King of the Hill, man. Um, we're, oh, I yeah. mean, we're in, we're into season ten here. It's a downhill slope. We, everybody here knows it. If you can get a, a TV series into the double digits in seasons, you know that there's gonna be, there's bound to be some stinkers in there. There's bound to be some apathy in the writers' room. We're not gonna get a lot of fantastic shit, but on occasion you get two or three good ones that they want to consider for Emmys. So, shit, I guess we're hunting for those in this episode or in this season. Yep. Yeah. You take the ones that you get the wins out of, you know? Find your W and go for that. Exactly. Well, very good. Well, uh, you want to tell those good people where to find us, buddy? I would absolutely love to. The good people of radio and podcast land. I don't know why I said radio, but apparently you guys are listening to me on the radio now. Uh, you can always find us at dangolepodcast at gmail.com. You can send us emails there. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. We are Dang Old Podcast everywhere that you can reach. 
Uh, you can always reach out to me on Instagram personally at Krautball. That is Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. And uh, Mark, where can these lovely people find you? Well, you can find me personally at Marky Stardust on Twitter, or you can find me at our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh stare into that void so you don't have to. Um, God, we're coming up, speaking of seasons, we're coming up on wrapping season six of Two Wizards. Holy shit. Wow. Um, yeah, 25 episodes at a time. Like, so many episodes. <laughs> but you can also find me on our other other podcast, the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, where me and our buddy Brad, and sometimes Johnny and sometimes Josh, allegedly, maybe, we all come together and fill in gaps in our own cinematic knowledge, and then we discuss that super important question of when can I show this to my kids um this week so this week we either did hell or high water no yeah no this week we did shin godzilla it was awesome <laughs> go watch shin godzilla <laughs> um, and i also know why you said radio johnny because you can also find us at high hammock radio at gmail.com that's right that's kind of going to be the new like i'm calling our banners in i'm unifying the house this is what we're doing but you can also always find us at dangolpodcast at gmail. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, Johnny. Thank you for being on board and diving on in with me. <laughs> I was happy to do it. Now let's go whip ourselves up some uh, some mustard gas to celebrate VJ Day, Mark. <laughs> I think that's a gribble of an idea. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.